precious name we pray these things. Amen. Well, again, welcome to worship this morning. Welcome to the whole Sunday morning here at Ivanhoe, because this is the week where we kick off so much. So much in this community begins today. So I hope you'll stick around after the service for eye study for adults and eye club for kids. Some of your kids are already in, in eye kids during the service. This week, uh, many weekly Bible studies for men and for couples and, and for women kick off. Uh, life groups are revamping again. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for you to connect here at Ivan Rest Church. So I'm glad that you're here this morning. But right now, it seems like the, exactly the perfectly right time to ask an obvious but pretty serious question that, that maybe most of us have never asked before. The question is this, what, why, why are we a part of a church community? Why are we here this morning? Why should we participate in any of these things that are kicking off today and, and kicking off this week? Why? I would guess that many of us here just have maybe always gone to church, and so we've assumed that it's good to be a part of those things. Or, or maybe since, a, since we were small children, we went. Our parents sent us to Sunday school and sent us to all those activities, and we just kept going, and we just have never stopped. But we've never asked why. Why should we be involved in this community called the church? Some of you are first-time visitors here. Maybe you've never been a part of a community called the church. Why, why should we encourage you? Why should you think about being a part of this community beyond showing up on Sunday mornings or any church community? There's a lot of people who aren't, right? There's a lot of Christians in this world who, who want Jesus, but they don't want anything to do with the church. Right? There's a lot of Christians that just have a me and God relationship. This is just between me and God. It's a personal and private relationship. I don't need the church. I don't need a group. I can do it all on my own. Maybe, maybe they've seen the brokenness in the church, the hypocrisy, and they say, I just don't want any part of that. Maybe they've experienced the brokenness in the church. The church has hurt them in some way. Maybe you've been hurt by the church, right? My guess is all of us at some point have been disappointed by this community, have been disappointed by the church, because that's what people do, broken people, sinful people. We disappoint each other. We disagree. We damage each other. So why should we try to live this life together when community can be hard, when community can be difficult? Why? Well, the obvious answer is that we commit ourselves to being in community together. Community divine, defined by Eugene Peterson as, as being with people who have learned to care for, love and care for each other. Okay? The obvious answer is that we learn and we choose to be in community together because community is God's design for us from the very start. It's how you and I were created to live. And so this morning, I invite you to take out your Bibles. Take, if you're using the Bibles in front of you, we're going to start in the book of Genesis. You want to keep your Bibles out this morning, so we're going to look at various passages. Genesis is at the very beginning, page one of the Bible. Turn with me to, to Genesis chapter one. Because here, here in Genesis one, we learn how we were designed to live before the fall. 
how we were designed to live before the brokenness of sin came and, and broke each one of us. And what we find here in Genesis 1 is that we were designed for community. Right, right from the very beginning, we were made to be together. Look at Genesis 1, 26. Okay, this is the, the sixth day of creation when God created human beings. And this is what he says, Genesis 1, verse 26. It says, God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that, creatures that move along the ground. Okay, think about that for just a moment, that verse. It says right up front that we were created to, to be in the image of God. And often we apply that to the tasks that we live out in our, in our lives, right? God asks us to do the work that he does. And so, and so we are to rule over and care for his creation. We are to be creative and innovative as God is. But this verse also, we forget sometimes, applies to our very character as human beings. That shows up really in the pronouns of this verse. Did you notice God doesn't say, you know, let, he doesn't create us in my image, in my likeness. He creates us in our image. God, God, our image, in our likeness. The pronouns remind us that, that this is God in community doing the creating. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity together, God in community. And he says we're creating them to be like us. We are created to be in community just like God is in community. So if we are going to both experience and reflect the image of God, if we are going to return to the wholeness and the fullness that we were created to live in, then that will happen in community. We cannot reach that wholeness and that fullness alone. We need each other. That's why, exactly why God then proceeds to create community for us. Turn over to Genesis chapter 2, just one chapter later. Genesis 2, God, God creates Adam, right, the pinnacle of his creation, and he immediately says in verse 18 of chapter 2, it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. He sees that it isn't good for any of us to be alone. We're made to be in community with each other as well. I mean, think about that. For those of you who are parents, when your children disobey you what's one of the forms of punishment that we often use we often ask our kids to say go sit in the corner by yourself for a while or, or go to your room for a while it's punishment to be alone isn't it it's punishment well some of us introverts like it a lot but to be alone all the time that's punishment think about in the prison system go to the other extreme one of the worst forms of discipline is solitary confinement you're, you're taken out of community. You're, you're, you're forced to be alone. It's a painful punishment because we aren't designed to be alone. So in verse 24, God searches for, God searches for companionship for Adam. And finally, he creates a companion. He creates community. He creates Eve. And community for us is born 
as God designed it to be. So it shouldn't surprise us that we are drawn to be together. Even those of us who are introverts are drawn to be together. It's natural. We'd be lost without some level of community. And since God not only wants to give us community with each other, but also wants to be in community with us, wants to be a part of this community, wants to be in a relationship of love and grace with us, then coming together in this community with God at the very center, with God as a unifying factor, makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. You know, back in... In the 17th century, Blaise Pascal, a French mathematician, inventor, writer, and Christian philosopher, he, he, he said this, and it's probably something you've heard before. He said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by any created thing but only by God the creator made known through Jesus. A God-shaped vacuum. In other words, we were, we were created to be in community with God, to let God fill that God-shaped vacuum in our heart with him and to be in relationship together. That's what pulls us together here. It is in community with each other that we find what our hearts most desire, what we most need, community with God. Together. It's his design. But honestly, the brokenness of community that we experience isn't God's design. Sin has affected how we experience community together. In fact, I think Satan specifically targets community, us together. Because he knows how vital true community is. How vital it is that we live together in deeply honest ways, in deeply caring ways, that our lives be intimately connected. Satan would love to have us give up on community and try to go it alone. In fact, we see him putting that, that task right to work early on in, in the story of Scripture. As we read on in Genesis, it doesn't take long to discover the danger of community. You see, Satan loves to pull us towards either extreme in community in order to distort the true community that God designed us to experience, right? On one extreme, we experience the danger of undervaluing community. That's the first danger we see come to life following the fall. Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 is the story of, of Adam and Eve's sons, Cain and Abel. And they both bring an offering. Maybe you've heard the story. They both bring an offering to God. Abel brings his wholeheartedly. Cain brings his reluctantly. And, and God makes it clear that he's pleased with Abel's offering. He's not pleased with Cain's offering. And so Abel's offering is accepted. Cain's isn't. And, and in his anger and in his jealousy, Cain is convinced that he would be better off without Abel in his life. He'd be better off outside of relationship with his brother. And so he murders his brother. It's the ultimate rebellion against community, isn't it? I'm better off without you. I'm better off apart from you. 
Notice what happens in verse 12 of chapter 4. Notice the punishment that Cain gets to experience. Verse 12, it says, God is speaking. He says, when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops to you. And then he says, you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. What God's doing here is he's really giving Cain what he asked for. He takes community away from him. He makes him a restless wanderer, lost and alone, all by himself. He says, you think you're going to be better off without your brother? You think you're going to be better off apart from community? Okay, I'll give you what you asked for. You're going to be a restless wanderer without community, without people to walk with, without people to live with. And Cain realizes too late here. He realizes the great value of community that he threw away. And his response to God comes in the next verse and he says, my punishment is more than I can bear. My punishment is more than I can bear. He thought he'd find relief apart from living life together with people who maybe disappointed him or angered him or made him jealous. Apart from his brother. Instead, what he thought would bring him relief is his ultimate punishment. You know, undervaluing community has been an epidemic in the family of God ever since this time. When we've been disappointed by, when we've been damaged by the community of God, when we disagree within the community of God, we often believe that not sharing life together is better than being together. Now, leaving the community is the best thing to do. You know, sadly, that perspective has been ingrained in our denomination's history. We are a denomination that often leaves, that often walks away from the bigger community, that often chooses division over unity with, with diversity. And sometimes, sometimes, yes. Sometimes God does give us the very difficult calling of leaving a community for a godly kingdom purpose. Yes, that happens. Other times, God gives us the very difficult calling of learning to love each other within community. Even when, maybe especially when, we don't see eye to eye in everything. Even when staying together takes great grace and great forgiveness in the face of significant hurt and disappointment. Because when we leave community behind, when we undervalue community and choose to no longer live together, the pain is great and the cost is high for each individual and for the community because we're designed to be together. Many of us here have experienced, or maybe even are experiencing right now, the pain of undervaluing community. Many of us have experienced the other extreme as well. The emptiness of overvaluing community, because that can happen too. It happened just a few chapters later in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, we get to see a picture of a community that's honored and celebrated and valued apart from God, without God. Community becomes the idol. In Genesis 11, community becomes God. You see, on, on the plain of Shinar, they, this group of people, this community decides to build a tower, a city and a tower of bricks and mortar, and they're going to make this tower tall, and they make their purpose clear in chapter 11, verse 4. They say, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. 
so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Okay, they make it clear the purpose of this tower is twofold, to make a name for themselves and to keep this community together. It's a proud, egotistical community without God at the center. And God will not stand for any idol standing in his place. When we value community more than we value God, then we have lost our created purpose. We've lost our reason for being together. And for too many Christians in North America, too many Christians around the world today, the community of the church has become an idol. Right? Too many times... We aren't interested in living together for God's purposes and for God's design. Too many times instead we make the church our social club where we meet our friends once a week, where we avoid honestly meeting God, honestly listening to him. We're more interested in shaping this community for our own purposes and our own designs rather than his purposes and his designs. And so our communities can become modern-day Babels proud communities with ourselves at the center instead of God, with our purposes and our hopes and our dreams at the center instead of God's purposes and hopes and dreams. So we need to be careful we don't go to the other extreme, that we don't take this, this wonderful gift of community that God has given us and make it God in our lives. When we take God out of the center, out of the core, of who we are and what we do, then we've created an idol apart from him, and God won't stand for any idols in his place. So if you notice, it didn't take long. It took seven chapters in the book of Genesis for sin to twist and distort community as God intended it for us. But God didn't give up. God not only doesn't give up on us, on human beings, despite our sin and rebellion, but he doesn't give up on building true community with us and for us either. In fact, he immediately, he immediately doubles down on community. He doubled down, doubles down on it and endorses it and establishes it again. In the very next chapter, Genesis chapter 12, a key chapter in the Old Testament story. In this chapter, God begins to establish his chosen community with Abraham. Of all the people in the world, God chooses Abraham and makes a covenant with him and with his children and all of his ancestors who are to follow. In verses 2 and 3 of Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham to begin this covenant community adventure. This will be a community where they will be in relationship with God where they will be in relationship with each other. And God gives his purpose for this covenant community right at the start. Listen to that calling, verses 2 and 3 of Genesis 12. He says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So why does God create a covenant community? Why does he gather his people together to share life together with him and with each other? Why did God gather us together to share life as the community of Ivan Rest Church? Well, the purpose he told Abraham there is the same purpose he tells us. First of all, God calls us into community to live life together, 
because he wants to bless us. Right? He says to Abraham, I will bless you. It is in community that we receive God's blessings. Right? Don't forget that we have a God who wants to bless us. You know, and we would love, yes, we would love to have him stop every sad thing that happens to us in this life, right? In this broken world, we love to have him magically come in and stop everything bad. That isn't how his grace works. Okay, his plan is to right all wrongs, and someday they will all be made right again. But in this time, God still wants to bless us. God still wants to meet us, and he does meet us in a special way in community. Right? Think about it. We, you could have sung all the songs we sang this morning by yourself driving in your car. Download it on your iPod, plug it into your car. You could sing them all, all by yourself driving in your car. You could listen to better preachers than me anytime you want. Just pull them up online. They're all there. But we come together. Because God's spirit, he promised this spirit would move in a special way when we come together and worship together and listen together. It's here in community that God blesses us with encouragement and support, often through each other for the difficult times in our lives. It's here in community that God blesses us with people who will teach us and challenge us to grow and learn when otherwise all by ourselves we would become complacent, we would become lazy. Yes, we would. It is here in community that God blesses us with ministry partners that we can serve together with. It is here in community that God links us together as family and gives us a place to belong a community to be a part of, an earthly corner of our heavenly family. We live life together because it is in community that we especially receive the blessings of God. And we live life together because it is in community that we give God's blessings to a world that desperately needs them. We often, when we read Genesis chapter 12 or we think back to that covenant, we often miss the purpose that God gives to Abraham. Right? When, when he called him to be a part, he gives him that, that purpose. And, and throughout history, this covenant community has felt the pull to, to stay separate, right? To, to be kind of God's chosen community set apart, kept apart from the world. We are the chosen, you aren't. We are the in-group that God chose. I'm sorry, but you aren't. That was never God's intention, to create a community that's separate from the world, insulated from the world. Exactly the opposite. Here in Abraham's initial calling, when God first sets this covenant community together, he makes it clear that they are blessed to be a blessing. Right? He ends by saying, all the people of the world will be blessed through you. Our purpose for being together is to bless this world around us, not to hide from it. And together with, with our wide variety of gifts and passions, we can bless this community in God's name. Together, we can be a blessing to this neighborhood right around our building. Together, we can be a blessing to those who need the help and the encouragement that we can give as we serve a meal at Degaget as we celebrate lives of those living in the Weston apartments as we did last Thursday night, as we host our family promised guests, 
Together we can be a blessing even farther away as we empower the people that we know to love and to go out into all the world to serve him. When we share life together, our eyes are set not only on each other, but they're set on this world all around us. We are blessed to be a blessing, and that is what this community is about. And God gives us a picture of what that community looks like early in the New Testament. It certainly isn't a perfect community, but it's a community that tries hard to live life together in deep and personal ways. So one last passage, turn towards the back of your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, page 1057. 1057. And we're going to end our time this morning, and we're going to begin a series of coming weeks where we're going to talk about what it means to live life together, what it means to be community. We're going we're to begin that by hearing how this first century church did it. Acts chapter 2. 42 through 47, we get to see how these new believers in Jesus Christ lived life together. We get to see a picture of what authentic community looks like. And we also get to see a wonderful picture of how we are called to share life in community as God designed. Just listen to this. Acts 2, 42. What did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Would you pray with me? Father God, you've called us to be people in community. That's what you've designed us to be. And so I thank you for this community called Ivanrest Church. Thank you for the people who have chosen to live life together in deeply personal and caring ways. Thank you for the ways that we challenge each other, that we support and encourage each other. Thank you for the ways that we reach out into this world to make a difference in your name. Father, forgive us for all the times that we have either undervalued or overvalued community. Forgive us for the times when our disagreements have pulled us apart. Give us hearts of love and grace for you, first of all, and love and grace for each other, and love and grace for this world. Make this community strong for your purpose and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to take our offerings. Offerings go for ministries of Ivanrest Church to help us build this community and to reach out into the community around us. While we take the offering, um, 
oftentimes we sing or we hear a song. I'm going to ask Brent to come forward, if you would, grab a microphone. Brent's going to just share briefly while we take the offering an opportunity to build community for all of us because life groups are going to be restarting again. Here's an opportunity. If you want to respond to this call to community by saying, yes, I'm going to enter into